and welcome to the We Will Nomad podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Andre. And together, we will nomad. Welcome to episode 10, dealing with money while traveling. Traveling is great until you get back and find unexpected foreign charge fees on your bank statement that you weren't expecting. Suddenly that bargain buy wasn't such a great deal after all. In this episode, we'll discuss how we deal with travel finance and share our tips from 15 years of travel to over 26 different countries. Yes, we will be discussing uh, some of the following, amongst others, ATM fees, debit or credit cards, how much cash you should be spending, other options for dealing with cash and exchanging money, as well as how to track spending to make the best of your spendings. Yeah, now, probably the most important point. How to track your spending? Mm. I think so. Case in point, we just had to rack <laughs> our brains because we were short on cash. Not short on cash, but... Well, cash missing from a wallet that we couldn't account for. Where did we spend that 5,001? It must and it's have just been, because it was yesterday and not today. It was yesterday. Oh, we can't remember. No, this is how easy it happens. And to to be fair, when you when you travel, it's actually easier to spend as little cash as possible. Mm. Just well, for, for convenience. record purposes, just for yes. Convenience. Look, if you don't care how much you spend then that could it's be a, a different story. Thing. Actually, then cash might be a better option because then at least your spending is limited. Yeah. Well, when, you're, yeah, when your wallet's empty, your wallet's empty. <laughs> <laughs> if you just swipe your card whenever it's convenient, then maybe you'll have more than a foreign exchange fee surprise. As a surprise. <laughs> well, there's the foreign exchange fees and there's also the cell phone uh, surprises that you get when you've been traveling. Yeah. So the, the point we want to touch on, amongst other things, is obviously... What is the most efficient way to travel with and without cash? Do you have to take cash with you? How do you get your hands on cash? Do you even need to cash? How do you spend money when you're abroad? What do you, What is your expectations and what is the best way we found to deal with it? And firstly, let's let's figure out what. How do you get? Let's your, talk about cash. Let's talk about cash. <laughs> now, there's a lot of options for cash, and I I don't really want to jump ahead here because. Um, we'll get to the sort of other options, but let's talk about the, the, the option let's assume A. When you, when you do need cash, because I think almost every single time one does travel, you do inevitably need some amount of cash. I think so. You've got to be prepared to get your hands on some cash. Now, traditionally, there's all kinds of weird ways, and maybe mm-hmm. we should talk about those ways first. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, like, okay, before you leave, you go to your bank and you get some of the currency to, of the country that you're going in or to. if it's such an obscure currency you can't get it you buy us dollars mm-hmm. and take those with and you, you take those with you or, or if you maybe go to europe you get some pounds or some or euros, euros and you take that with you that's one way to deal with it we and have the, never really done that except done for that. having a couple of euros or, or, dollars, or dollars just because we had them or got them from friends or family. Depending on where you go to, it can be quite handy to carry a few dollars. Nowadays, it's not that easy actually to spend US dollars. Uh, not everybody is legally allowed to accept dollars, mm-hmm. uh, US dollars that is. So it's, We do usually have a couple of US dollars in our pocket 
as a emergency. emergency. It's always you, a good thing to carry around. Yeah, did you know if you go to a currency exchange bureau, you can just whip it out and they will change they it. They will exchange it. Mm. But you're going to lose. That's a terrible rate. But that's just a bit. And obviously now there's the other old school way of uh, getting your hands on cash, and that's the traveler's checks. Man, that is so old school. <laughs> <laughs> that's how old school Lisa's never seen it. I've never check. seen a traveler's check. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a bit of an obscure thing, but apparently they still do exist. Well, yet again, something we don't use. No, we've never found the need for them or no. any good reason no. or for them to be financially a good option. The, the advantage of them theoretically is that it's a very safe way of carrying money because you're not actually physically carrying cash. And theoretically, if they get lost or stolen, they can be replaced. That's the thing. Yeah, I want to find someone who accepts a traveler's check who doesn't accept a credit card. <laughs> well, nowadays it is a bit A different. credit card's a lot easier. A, You're going to get a notification. This money's been spent. You block your card rather not, than realizing sure, three sure. weeks later, oh, anyway, where's my traveler's checkbook? And then there's another popular way, and that would be what's called a travel wallet or a travel card. A lot mm -hmm. of banks offer this option. The idea is that you... Go to your bank and you you get this special card, might be a MasterCard or a Visa or something. And what you're actually doing, you're buying far, foreign currency before you leave. Mm -hmm. So you're fixing that exchange, exchange rate. rate. So you're buying a set uh, amount before and you use this card to spend that currency. As you would swipe a debit or credit yeah, card. I will, I will talk about that maybe a little bit at, at a late stage. But generally speaking, it can cost you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Because there might be fees attached to having that account as well as to use the card. Uh, and you have to know right at the beginning how much you're going to spend. Yes. What because what happens if you run out? You're going to have. Yeah. And what happens if you come back with money on that card? Mm. Is the bank going to buy it back from you? Oh, yeah, I'm they sure will. they will. They will. <laughs> You'll lose twice. <laughs> You'll lose twice. <laughs> Absolutely. There okay. be, be missed one. No, I think those are the obscure methods yeah. or the other options the other which options. we don't really... What we're going to go into in a lot more detail about is cash mm. and then cards. Yeah, yeah I think because... We, you know, the way we've been traveling, we've always figured that I'd rather take my chances on the exchange rate and find the cheapest way to get my hands on cash without changing money before we leave our home country. And up till now, the best way is to use a, a local ATM. And the key to that for us has been to use a, 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 an account from our home country that's very cost effective. That was a cheap account that offers a very low conversion fee. So the thing is, if you draw cash at the foreign ATM, there could be a few surprises for you. Firstly, there could be a transaction fee charged by your bank. Yes. So in other words, and that you see, usually can't get away from. Yeah. So they, they might see it. Okay. It's an international payment. Uh, or no, no, purchase. it's international cash withdrawal. Mm. So it's a special uh, fee. And then to rub it in, they might charge you a currency conversion fee. So that's the commission charged by mm. your bank to do that exchange. And that's where we found a bank account that doesn't charge a high conversion fee. Would make sense. Yes. So that's what your, your goal should be. You should, you should look for an account that really has a very low transaction fee when you actually withdraw and also have a low or zero conversion fee. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a little bit more tricky than it sounds, uh, but we can delve into that a little bit deeper. Now, the other problem is, in addition... Yeah, there's a third fee. Yeah, there could <laughs> be third a third cost. fee. And this is dependent on the country you travel mm -hmm. to. A lot of countries don't have these fees, but foreign banks might charge you a fee for using the ATM. Mm -hmm. 
and that would be on top of yours. And in many countries, that can vary. On three ATM machines sitting next to each other, just depending on which bank it is, they can each have a different fee that that bank is charging. Oh, yeah. So it's very important to, if you have the option of checking the various foreign banks, seeing what that withdrawal fee is that their bank is charging, mm-hmm. and do the comparison. <laughs> I remember about two years ago, we went to a trip in Mauritius, and as luck would have it, we fly into the airport at, what was it, 9 or 10 p.m. It was late. And we had we sort of arranged transport beforehand, but I needed cash. Yep. So we walk out of the airport, it's not a very big airport, and I, I, I'm just looking for ATMs, and there's a bunch of them around, but I knew I had to find one <laughs> that gives me the maximum amount of cash of cash because my bank doesn't care how large an amount I withdraw they're still going to charge me a transaction fee a flat fee mm. it's not necessarily a tiered fee now that's actually bringing and me that's to... one of the, sorry before you get to the tiered fee and that's one of the important things is if there's one fixed fee you want to withdraw as, as much, much as cash as possible yeah. per transaction yeah. to so that spread was... that fee over the amount that you'd withdraw that was exactly the problem I found it's like I won't go to the first ATM oh no I can only draw Oh, that's not enough. I'm gonna. It's gonna. It just gets too expensive. Three transactions. Yeah, it gets too expensive per 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 currency unit becomes expensive. So this is where it's important to to do your homework, find out which international banks at your destination actually charges a low fee. Uh, Ideally, you find the one that charges nothing. Secondly, what is their withdrawal limits? In Mm -hmm. other words. There's no point. I mean, you go to a place like uh, South Korea, like where we are now, and you can you you can literally be a millionaire in one withdrawal. (laughs) (laughs) And so, keep in mind that they can limit how much you can draw in a single transaction. And then, on top of that, keep in mind that your bank might have a daily withdrawal limit as well. So, if you want to maximize your fee structure, make sure that your your daily daily fee isn't too sorry. Your daily limit Mm. is not too low. That's something just to keep in mind. Sorry, you were about to talk about tiered fees. Oh, yes. So, how tiered fees work, and this is something you got to watch out for. Some banks love this stuff. Mm. So, what they do is they charge you a flat fee uh, for the transaction, and then they will charge you, say, per 100 units of your currency a, on a sliding scale of some sort. Mm. And that can end up being really expensive. I think it might. there might be a maximum amount, but mm. I, I, I'm not sure. So, it very much depends on your bank. And then when you draw large amounts to with, to reduce the initial fee, you, you counter it with right. that scaled fee, For the sure. tiered fee. And I think this is this is where you really got to shop around a bit. Now, we are obviously not familiar with all bank accounts there. Now, for us, um, what we do is in South Africa, we found uh, one or two institutions that offer us fairly cheap cards, whether debit or credit card which will give you very low um, cost international withdrawals and zero trans- uh, sorry, uh, international currency conversion fees. Yeah, so all we pay when we withdraw cash from a foreign ATM is if that foreign ATM has a fee, we'll have to pay that foreign ATM fee. And then we pay with our local bank, we pay flat one fee. flat fee per withdrawal. That's right. So whenever we withdraw, we withdraw a maximum amount and then that's 
those two fixed fees get spread across the value of money that we withdraw. And of course, the exchange rate would be the prevailing rate for that day yes. or that moment whenever you... Now, one... What's nice about doing that is that often when you go into a country, you've got an idea probably of your budget or what you're going to spend, how much cash you're going to need. But sometimes you're not really that sure. So what's nice is if you start off especially if you know you're going to be there for a while, you withdraw the maximum limit, which is normally not that much money. No. And then you use it and you can see after a while how much you are using, how much cash versus card payments you make. Mm -hmm. And from there you can make a calculated decision as to how much more cash you need to withdraw for the rest of your trip. Yeah, it's always a tough, as you approach sort of the end of the trip, you're always like, oh, okay, do I need more cash? Oh, damn it. Uh, you don't want to be just short because then you have to make one more withdrawal, which becomes expensive. <laughs> That's right, yeah, but if you draw too much, you can set the money and then you're just going to end spending it. Oh, yes. no, no harm buying an extra ice cream at the end. Yeah, well, there's the problem. <laughs> so I think what, before we step away from ATMs, one thing to remember is now you can use um, a, a debit card at ATM or a credit card, obviously. Now, generally, uh, there shouldn't be much of a difference in cost, but what we found is that if you use a credit card, the withdrawal is treated as a cash advance against your credit. So it doesn't matter whether you... Um, so what's going to happen is your bank may just charge you interest on the full outstanding balance of your credit card at that point. Yeah, and this Not only most, for the amount that you're actually withdrawing. And that mostly has a big effect if you've got a credit-free period, so a 55-day credit-free period. It doesn't period. apply for cash. This is the thing. So no. normally if you're working on, oh, you've got your 55 days credit-free, the minute you make that cash advance, this kicks in. Yeah, Whereas no, if you're always paying yeah. interest, you may not realize it. So the only way to use a credit card, from our experience, for cash withdrawals at foreign ATM is to make sure you never have a negative balance on your credit all. card. Because you will be charged interest from day one. And then it's on the full balance. And you don't want... So you lose your yeah. whatever day is free, credit free. That's a, a, a terrible transaction to make. Mm. Right. So speaking of now debit and credit cards. Okay, well, before we just discuss the, the pros and cons of debit and credit cards, using those two at an ATM, we've also, for many years, we traveled with a visa, mostly doing our cash withdrawals off a visa card. And recently, we've been using a MasterCard. Mm -hmm. And I must say, we found that generally both are fairly well accepted. We do always like to have a Visa and a MasterCard with us so that if you are somewhere and one doesn't work, you've got a backup. But I think most yeah. of the time that we've been traveling in the recent years, all cash withdrawals that we've done, most ATMs, a Master or a Visa would work equally well. Yeah, of course. I, I think I think generally nowadays, I mean... Mm. MasterCard or Visa card, we travel with both and we travel with, I mean, we've been traveling now for the last stint since we left home, home country, yes, what's it now, 10 weeks, mm -hmm. almost, and we haven't used a credit card. The thing is, a lot of the times, certain things only work if you have a credit card. Yes, that's our that, thing, so some online push, we haven't physically no, swapped one. But... So, and mostly, it's things where they need to put some other reserve on the card. And that's uh -huh. like a car rental mm. or something. Sometimes like a certain hotel bookings might do it. But what they might do is you can make a booking online and that was a debit card. But when you arrive, you need to give them a credit card. Yes, for them to be able to reserve a deposit some or, or something. Some other thing. Like, mm. or car, car, car rentals often require a credit card. But... We've 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 booked now bunches of flights. We've done accommodation and those online. Those have all been debit cards. All debit cards. Hmm. So okay. And the reason why we use a debit card is just because 
at the moment that's the cheapest way for us to do it. The cards we use have got no currency conversion fees mm. and no transaction fees. So really, the, the what you pay is what you get. Mm. But we still always make sure we have a credit card because there are some transactions yeah. that you need only to be a credit card. And same goes the other way around. There are also certain places where only a debit card works. I know some toll roads in South Africa, you have to swipe a debit card, mm -hmm. not a no, it's the other way around. Other way around. See, it's got to do with the way they authenticate the card. So yes. it depends. I mean, a weird phenomenon we see, for example, here in Korea, is in South Africa, it's impossible for a merchant to um, take a payment without you actually entering a PIN code of or some sort. Or signature or something. No, a PIN code at PIN least. Code. Yeah. But yeah, they can swipe a debit card even without. So this brings us to another aspect Security. of debit versus credit cards. A debit card offers a huge risk. Well, that's what we've realized here for the first time is mm. with paying with a debit card the whole time, they that's literally risky. just swipe their card. They don't ask you for any form of authentication. No. That's so strange because and all smart cards all mm. got uh, chips on them. And it actually poses a huge risk. And usually when you use a debit card, your agreement with your bank is that you carry that risk. Mm. So you need to be very aware that if your debit card gets uh, swiped. Lost or swiped. <laughs> lost, and you, you need you to stop will, that card ASAP. And you're going to be liable for the mm. loss. Nobody's going to back mm. you up. Whereas if you use a credit card, at least you've got some support from your bank. Charges can be reversed and there's some sort of assurance that mm. your bank will help you out. Most of the time. Depends so in you, that sense, a credit card is a little bit safer. It's definitely safer. Um, but I think we also don't keep a huge amount of money in our debit card. You can manage it like uh, if you control your limits. Um, mm. So make sure there's no not massive per transaction, uh, transaction and daily limits, limits and daily withdrawal limits. And the or if you get notifications. Sure. The accounts we use are also linked to apps. So it's also use some sort of a third-party authentication if you use online. It's just that merchant mm. that's swiping it that poses a risk mm. for you. But at least if you can manage your daily limits, you should stay within. I think the last thing to say about, well, I don't think it's the last thing. One mm -hmm. other thing to say about using a card at a point of sale. This is very important. Yeah, when swiping either a debit or a credit card. Yeah, make a sure a lot, a lot of merchants will ask you on which currency you prefer the transaction to be in. And often it's not necessarily... The, the local currency so they will offer your home currency would you like to pay in your own currency is yeah. usually the way they phrase it <laughs> oh, the bottom line and is, it sounds like they're just being courteous but always say no make sure you pay in the local currency the reason for that is that they can apply the currency conversion rate that they choose and i say they it might be their bank or it might be the merchant themselves mm. so you got to pay a higher fee for that transaction if you allow the merchant or the vendor to, to peg that that value. You want to pay in the local currency, and then you your, want your bank. bank to make the conversion. Correct. And if you did your homework, you'll use a bank account that offers you a good rate. Mm. That's, I think, a very important. I must so, say, it is very convenient paying with a card as opposed to cash, specifically in countries where your money is thousands or big notes. Hundreds of thousands. Big coins where you've got a chunky wallet and coins or uh, hundreds absolutely. of thousands. Mm. And you have to keep a fat wallet. It's, it's rather annoying. Yeah, yeah but even uh, in countries where it's fairly advanced, we, we spent 30 odd days in Taiwan recently. Mm. Oh. And that was one of the weird things there. We could not use a credit or debit card. And not because the country isn't structured to use credit no. or debit, but they only work with local, local cards. Oh, 
So as a foreigner, you needed to work with cash everywhere. There was no way for us to swap a card. Nobody accepted cards. You mm. couldn't pay for anything. The only thing you could do was you could make some online purchases, also limited, mm. uh, if they allowed a foreign card. And you could... Even with transport reservations online, yeah. it only worked sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. So certain, certain services worked, but... If you're in a shop or a restaurant, forget about it. Mm. Whereas now we're in Korea, we've been here for a month or so, and here it's quite the opposite. You're spending very little cash. I mean, even yeah. at some of the markets, the local markets yeah, they here, got, uh, they've got point-of-sale machines, and yeah. they swipe the card all too happy. And yet, in Korea, you cannot for the life of you book and buy an intercity or express bus <laughs> ticket or a train ticket online. No, you have to. You need a local credit card. Yeah. You cannot mm. use a foreign credit card. There's no way for... Mm. It's just such a strange... So it really economy. does vary yeah. depending on which country you're in. Yeah, no, it's really and, crazy. And the other thing also just with a credit card is there's a lot less likelihood to make a mistake, especially when you're dealing with a foreign currency that you're not familiar with in your wallet, in your hand. It's easy to pay somebody a $100 <laughs> bill instead of a $10 bill. Yeah, or, they might just all the And they might just smile well, at you yeah. depending on which current country you're in or uh, they might tell you you've handed them... The, I think we've had it once. Where I've handed somebody an incorrect bill, and they actually said to me, "That's the wrong one." Yeah, lucky for you. <laughs> so I think that it comes down to how do you figure out how much cash you need? Uh, yeah, and that depends very much on the country that you're in and how much, what percentage of your purchases you're going to be doing in cash versus swiping a card. Yeah. And often you don't know that beforehand. So I would really say if you you have to do a bit of homework and find out in that country not only how much of a demand is cash versus card purchases but remember to define in your search foreign cards can mm. they be used in that country yeah and know that firstly and foremost before you go to a place for sure so now once you figured out okay i can use a card or i can't use a card i think i can <laughs> yeah how how much cash will i need now this will depend on obviously the country you visit and that will depend on how much homework you do <laughs> and also how do you travel in other words do you pre-book your, most of your trip? In other words, do you go to your agent and you've got your whole itinerary planned out? Mm, specifically accommodation, accommodation, which is a large portion of cost. Transport, all sorted. Maybe you just need a little bit of spending money for tips and snacks. Or you're on a cruise and all you need is for your spending alcohol. And, yeah, absolutely. Or, and so it, it is very specific to the individual and it's going to depend how you travel. Will you be making online bookings? Do you need a card to do that and you have to go do your own homework mm. i think i think so, you know specifically traveling full-time is a large portion of what we spend is on accommodation yeah which is continuous on the go as you are traveling um, but majority of it can be dealt with with a credit or debit like i said our advice is don't go with a bunch of travelers checks don't worry about taking cash with you from your country because it is expensive to pre-buy currency but when you withdraw cash in a local in a local currency in a foreign country, make sure you maximize that opportunity. Mm, just do those calculations beforehand so that you know what works out the best for you. Yeah. The other thing also about taking your budget and how much money you take with you is whether it's a place that you're returning to. Mm. If you are going to somewhere, for instance, Europe, and you know you go there once a year, if you end up with euros and you'll use them in a year's time again, then you don't mind returning home with a few spare euros. That's true. Uh, whereas if you're going to China and you know you're never going to go, go back go. there, you don't really want to be left over with 
leftover cash. Mm. And, and then it's a lot easier to spend with a card. Also important to remember that most countries, in some countries, it's, it's actually illegal to remove currency from the country. Like that true. Yeah. Yes. So um, I, I know you can travel with dollars, but also limited. So if you enter a country, there might be limitations of how much of your currency or say US dollars you're allowed to take into the country firstly but some countries I can't offhand remember but I think we I, had one very recently Japan no, I was going to no, say was it Mauritius fairly recently where you're just not allowed to remove currency yes. they don't want you to travel with a currency of the country mm. so just keep that in mind I know with the major currencies like the euro and the dollar it's not that big a deal but even so there are actually some uh, legislation mm, around it Nowadays, there's not a lot of countries that um, have strict exchange control laws. And South Africa, unfortunately, is one of those that still have some exchange <laughs> control laws. And what that means is that you're not legally allowed to just take money out of the country or as much money out of the country as you yeah. want. They, they control how much money you take. So for South Africans, for example, you're only allowed... Uh, a set, I think it's 1 million rand per person per year, per year, tax year. Mm-hmm. which they call your discretionary, discretionary allowance. allowance. And that includes travel allowance as well as whatever else you're going to be doing with it. And also money. any spending yeah. made in a foreign currency. This so it's not only money that you physically take out, but also that you spend out of the country. A lot of people miss that, that if you actually... Uh, transfer money overseas, let's say you want to make an investment and, and you move a million rand overseas, if you're also going overseas and you're spending money in your credit card overseas, that actually part of your discretionary allowance. So the tax man might uh, wrap you over the knuckles. <laughs> and so just be aware of that. I think that's something to, to keep in mind. But like I said, most countries don't actually have strict exchange control. And I think it's important if you have the opportunity to open a bank account like that's fairly low cost that could be beneficial to you in a foreign country or foreign territory. I'm thinking specifically, let's say you travel to Europe or the Eurozone. And if you can have a bank account in a Euro currency, which offers you the benefits, then it might be worth your while opening that account, transferring money from your home country to that account. When and you spending, know what the exchange yeah, is. Because the thing is, when you're there and you spend with a sort of a local card there's going to be very low transaction fees or zero transaction fees for example within the eurozone you might get an account that charges zero fees for atm withdrawals or very low fees for atm withdrawals or for any swipe purchases and i think that could be really something Mm. that you need to think about Um, the other thing that that really can impact your fun um, (laughs) situation (laughs) is what happens when your currency deteriorates <laughs> just before you travel? We always have the joke that uh, if you want to know when we're going on holiday, just watch, just watch the South African rand. And when it takes it. a dip, you know we're you heading overseas and so <laughs> our money's worth less. That's also a reason why a lot of people will hedge their currency. Mm-hmm. So if they expect the currency to deteriorate ever so slightly, they will they might buy the foreign currency and put it in a travel wallet mm-hmm. or traveler's checks and then travel. That very much depends on what your main currency is yeah. and how that your main currency fluctuates. Obviously, if you from the United States, uh, you should be okay because the currency is fairly doesn't fluctuate as fairly strong and doesn't fluctuate wildly. Mm-hmm. 
if you're from a, uh, a country where the currency is a little bit more volatile, like mm -hmm. Turkey or South Africa or Venezuela or Zimbabwe, <laughs> then it you might, might be more aware of that. It might be more beneficial to, for you to um, plan a little bit mm. further ahead. I think that's important. Let's quickly have a chat about tracking spending, which for us is one of the most important things to do because it not only let you know whether you were staying within your budget or not but it also helps you for future planning of budgeting and knowing how much your holidays are costing you and where within that holiday or travel your money is going so we use an app trubby pocket which is very nice because it's on your cell phone as you spend you can just log every purchase you can put it either to card or to cash and you can also create your own categories so whether you're spending money we like to categorize generally our accommodation, transport, food, and then a couple of other mm -hmm. categories. But those are the three main ones. And it's nice to be able to then see your percentages at the end of a specific trip as to how much you actually spend on specific categories. What's really nice about Trubby Pocket is that you can work with multiple currencies within one budget. So you can create multiple budgets depending on per trip or per country or however you want to go. And then within that, you can have multiple currencies that you spend. So for instance, if you're spending cash in the country or if you're swiping a card, but in your own local currency. Mm. And then the reporting system is really nice on those categories that you've created, showing you your percentages, what you spend cash, card and overall. Well, it also gives you an idea of how much cash should be in your wallet. You know, yes. Then. So every day what we do is I can see there, okay, I should have this amount of cash in my wallet, mm -hmm. I count it in my wallet, and if that doesn't balance, then I know I've spent some extra cash somewhere, or I've logged something as a card purchase where it mm -hmm. should have been a cash purchase. I think especially when you do use quite a bit of cash when you travel, it's super handy because it gives you an instant idea of how much cash you are spending. Mm -hmm. You know exactly, okay, I've withdrew X amount, and on average, I'm spending so much a day or a week, and okay, I'm here for another two days or two this weeks. This is how much cash this I'm going to This is how much roughly going to use, mm. because this is the type of traveling I do. And the other thing is, when you're swiping your card all the time, we would normally keep our slips and double-check those against our bank statement, mm. but you don't really want to travel carrying we'll 100 pieces of papers. Yeah. So your entries in the app count as double. your slips yeah. so all we do then is at the end of the month when you get your bank statement we can go through all the card purchases on the app and correlate them to the statement it works really well and obviously it depends on how meticulous you want to be about keeping track of your expenses because we are fairly frugal <laughs> when we travel and well and we like to know where our money is going i think that's important uh we've always try to meticulously keep track of expenses and it gives you a much better idea of what is affordable and what you what's within your reach mm. uh, and if you if you find out that you're a little bit more conservative then it's not a bad thing it, it just means that you, you you're doing something right yeah. I think that's important. And sometimes it's interesting also, for instance, we've got a category sightseeing to see various countries, how, how much, much something spending. like sightseeing mm. costs. But some countries you will just do more depending on what kind of activities they are. Mm. And obviously depending on the season. But it's just interesting to have that type of reporting as well as knowing what you've spent, knowing yeah. what you've spent it on. I personally, I think reporting is great. If you use an app, I mean, there's many different apps available. It makes it really easy. We like Travi Pocket. Uh, or you can also export the, uh, the report to a yes, spreadsheet. Yes, to a CSV or, file. And we then import that into our Quicken system uh, where we keep track of all our other 
uh, income and expenses mm-hmm. to give us a complete overview of and, and, and running we find totals. It works very well. Oh, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly recommend it. So, mm-hmm. I think our biggest step actually is make sure you have some sort of app yeah. to track your spending. Track your expenses, uh, track track your spending, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll learn a lot from it. And keep track of those your cash daily. That's the only way. Because after two three days, you don't remember what you've spent your money on. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I know uh, so there are services where you can sign up and you register your your debit and your credit card. So when, mm-hmm. when you make transactions, it automatically logs those transactions into a reporting system, and that's quite a smart way to do it. Well, it's great when you're working from known merchants, sure, but when yeah. you in places like Asia you where everybody's ABC Mart, <laughs> and or you go to you buy chicken and it says O2 Zone. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that's what our chicken is. Our Should chicken here comes from the O2 Zone. Yeah. Then it doesn't really work that no, well. So course. I think in the states, in America, that kind of automatic no, category work. logging works fantastically. You'll just have to sort of go um, through your list and recategorize a mm. few things, maybe. But at least it's it's. I mean, as optimistic as we are about how meticulous people go through statements and organize their finances. <laughs> I guess most people don't. <laughs> a lot of people find it very tedious to capture their, their receipts. <laughs> and it's not a fun thing to do. So you've got to make it as easy as possible yeah. on yourself. Absolutely. Whatever works for you. What works for you. To be able to do and it. just stick to it. And mm. uh, Otherwise, just stop spending money. It's okay. easier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one more thing I just wanted to mention on general spending really mm-hmm. and that's an opportunity for saving is that sometimes when you travel also be aware of what that country offers in terms of VAT refunds mm. because every now and then you do travel to a place where you don't need to make massive purchases in order to take advantage of a VAT refund mm. we were recently now in, in Dubai. Dubai in the UAE and fairly small purchases but we were able to get a couple of well, it was like interesting, 50 actually. Or some, so dollars back. Yeah, normally, uh, my, on a VAT refund. My experience has been that you have to go to a duty-free store, and then there's a long story with lots of paperwork. But in Dubai, it was quite uh, easy. The vendors just uh, had a fairly simple system. They actually logged the purchase right there. Mm, you and, gave them your passport. Yeah, they do all the work for you. And it was at the airport. There was just one guy, and he. He, he just wanted your one, your two slips with little mm. stickers on it, I think, and he takes your card and he just swipes it on the machine and they refund you. Your, we were actually so that. dubious about it. We didn't think we were going to <laughs> see that VAT because it was no, too efficient to be true and we got the money back. It was just so easy. So if if the system allows for it, it's definitely well worth the effort. Mm. I think you've got to be careful, especially in the past, where you sort of trapped in a place where you actually spend more for it to be VAT refundable. Oh, well, it was always that there has to be this amount of purchase yes. at one shop within the same day and all you those kind of rules you, you do. You still find that. But uh, there are opportunities, I Absolutely, think, to get yeah. some so refunds. Keep, keep an eye open. I think there's, there's definitely opportunities there. All right. I can't think of oh. much more, but there is also a, a, a short post on our website, webullnomad.com, about cards versus cash. We can look at and the, the menu is essentials, I think, travel essentials. And fi- under finance. Tra- uh, yeah, tra- travel essentials, finances, and there's a little section there. On and that goes a little bit more stuff. into detail with mm-hmm. some calculations as to knowing your ATM fees for cash withdrawals mm-hmm. and what a difference it can actually make to the real exchange that you're getting at the end of the day. It's hard to discuss that yeah. really in detail over a podcast. I think it's tough, to, it's tough for us to generalize, and I think we can only sort of import what works best for us, and I think... We are fairly global society, and most people will benefit from the same ideas. Mm. So, the, to sum it up, 
I think don't bother take buying cash beforehand unless you absolutely have to. Get the cheapest possible account, whether it's a debit or credit card, that offers you a very low fee for cash withdrawals internationally as well as no foreign exchange fee. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the takeaway from this. Yeah, so if there's only the one fixed fee and then have a look around at the ATMs where you do withdraw that you don't and pay. consider the fees that they're asking. And also the maximum withdrawal they allow per day. And I think if you if you look at that and also track your spendings, uh, you can definitely make a big difference in the way you deal with um, your travel cash. And sometimes just tracking your spending also controls your spending. That's a very <laughs> good point. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just uh, three Too days easy. before the end of the trip. It's like, oh boy. We don't have any money left. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Great, guys. Thanks right. so much for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll uh, catch you guys next time. Cheers. Bye. Oh,